The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Are you fortifying yourself well enough? Is your life so well fortified that the problems that you're facing, I mean, think about the problems you're facing right now today, and the problems that yesterday you were worried about, the problems that might happen in the future, things that are under development and you can sense that something's not right. Are you fortified enough to withstand these problems in a way that you still have the peace of Christ and even joy, the joy that he provides when we trust in him. Is your faith life fortified so strongly that faith comes easy for you even in the worst of circumstances? That your relationship with God is solid even in the worst of circumstances when it seems by the evidence that we look at that he's abandoned us or forgotten us or said, no, I don't want to help you with this particular situation. You got yourself into this mess, my child. You get yourself out of it. You know, Satan is very much working to try to destroy your faith. We need to fortify ourselves on a daily basis because we have an enemy that is trying to undermine our faith all the time. Let me read to you what Ephesians 6 says about this. This is beginning with verse 10. Finally, draw your strength from the Lord and from his mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. And this next verse, this is verse 12 now, is an extremely valuable verse. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But our struggle is with the principalities, with the powers and the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. Therefore, put on the armor of God that you may be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to hold your ground. Let's unpack that. First of all, Draw your strength from the Lord and from his mighty power. We need to fortify our faith lives in such a way that we can draw on God's mighty power. In other words, in what way is your Christian faith life wimpy, weak? In what ways does your faith seem to fail you? In what ways does your faith seem imperfect? In other words, Take this as an example. When you read in the Gospels about Jesus doing a miracle for somebody, do you ever stop and wonder, 
why doesn't he do a miracle like that for me? That's a question that the devil, because remember what scripture says, your struggle is with the evil spirits. They really want to undermine your faith. To put on the armor of God means we need to fortify our faith life in such a strong way that the tactics of demons don't impact us. So that, for example, when we ask the question of, okay, Jesus did this miracle in the Bible, why doesn't he do something like that for me today? What the devil wants us to think is, because God doesn't care, because you're not good enough, you know, think of the things that come to your mind most readily. What God is saying, and is this what comes to your mind most readily? What God is saying is, I do want to give you a miracle, but you're believing the lies of the devil. And this is just one thing that God might say. I'm not saying he's saying this to you or to everybody. But one example of that would be, we have too many lies that the world has built into us, that our upbringing has built into us, that tell us that we cannot see miracles today. Miracles are for faith workers, you know, these, those miracle workers that you see on TV or you hear about leading big rallies. Miracles are not scientifically provable. Therefore, we can't really trust what we hear about miracles. There's a number of reasons why we don't have a strong enough faith for miracles. And Jesus said that if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell the mountain to be moved and it will be moved. So you don't need much faith. And guess what? Faith is not something that we conjure up or build up. Faith is something that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Scripture spells that out. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we have this counter-influence that is telling us something different about faith, that is telling us something that's not scriptural about miracles. We live in an age where miracles are not commonplace. And one of the big reasons for that, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time, I've got other podcast episodes on this topic, so please look them up on our website, footstepstoheaven.com. One of the big reasons why we don't see miracles today is because we, as the body of Christ, do not get together to pray for one another very often. We also don't have an alive personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's where the power of God comes through. That's one of the reasons why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit when he ascended to heaven. And we need to be in prayer groups and parishes that are alive in the gifts of the Spirit. And alive in the personal relationship with the Holy Spirit then enables the gifts. Read the book of Acts. I say this in many of my podcasts because it's so necessary to do. Look at the book of Acts. That describes what normal Christian living is supposed to be like, even today. And it's not because we are not living as a church, as a parish, as people who have friends. And some of those friends are not even faith-filled believers in Christ, faith-filled in the sense of being filled with the Holy Spirit either. We need to be surrounded by people who understand that miracles happen and are supposed to be normal for Christians who follow Christ and are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are not in that environment, 
it is very easy for demons to convince us that miracles don't happen, that miracles were, okay, they happened in the Bible times to get the church started, but they're not going to happen to us today. Okay, it happens in a few hot spots, a few people's lives. There's some strong believers who have the gift of faith for miracles, but they're not for everybody else. So these lies are things that we need to overcome. These detriments of not belonging to a spirit-filled parish, a spirit-filled prayer group, a spirit-filled circle of friends. And by spirit-filled, I mean they don't just believe that the Holy Spirit is real, but they have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And not only that, are working at fortifying themselves so that they can be active instruments of God's power working through them. God built the church to be a community. He wants to work his miracles through community. This is another one of the reasons why we don't see many miracles in our everyday lives today. We're isolated. We live in a time and an age where individualism is glorified, not the community aspect of our faith. We get together for mass on Sundays and maybe that's it. Do you have people who you regularly get together with to talk about God and what he's doing in your lives and what you're learning and how you're fortifying yourselves and how that's made a difference? This is what builds up our faith. This is what increases miracles in our lives. There's other reasons as well. Right now, I want to move on and talk about how to fortify your faith. Obviously, listening to this podcast is one of the ways. Going to Mass is another way. Going to confession to get rid of our sins, which are weakening our faith. That's what sin does. Sin separates ourselves from God. And that weakens our relationship with God, which undermines our faith. And that's exactly what demons want to happen in your life. They want you to get as far away from God as possible. They want you to miss opportunities to fortify yourself. When your parish holds faith formation events for adults, a parish mission, uh, Bible study classes, praise and worship sessions, do you avail yourselves of these? That's what is fortifying the faith. That's what fortifies your relationship with God and strengthens you against the tactics of the devil. Let me share with you a story because what I want to get into next not only talks about another very powerful way to fortify yourself other than, you know, connecting with faith-filled believers, a community of spirit-filled people, but there's a lot more ways to fortify yourself and What I want to get into next is about reducing your vulnerability to what demons want to do to ruin your faith, to separate you from God, to convince you that a sin is not a sin, and and a myriad of other things that they do. Is your faith life such that you feel comfortable totally surrendering your agenda to the Lord? One of the most powerful ways to fortify your day is to start the day by saying, thy will be done. 
We pray that in the Our Father prayer, don't we? Thy will be done on earth. Thy will be done in my life, just as it is done in heaven. So, do we really live that out? A way to really live that out is to start the day saying, not my will, but your will be done. Here's what I think ought to happen today, but I surrender that agenda to you. And here's the story from my life that really helped drive this home. At the very beginning of Good News Ministries, we were founded in 1995. And in 1996, we put on our second week-long evangelization school. It was a Monday morning through Friday evening event. We provided breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and refreshments in between. We had several different parish ministries helping with this. We had the men's club, and the Knights of Columbus, and the women's club, and and various other organizations taking turns feeding the food. We had somebody who went out to various restaurants and stores, grocery stores, to get donations of food for these meals. We had a core team who helped with the many different aspects of this. And it was getting good registrations as we were coming closer and closer to this event taking place. And just before, one month before this conference began, things started going wrong. One of the things was there was a prominent member of the parish who passed away. And because he was so prominent, so beloved by so many people, instead of holding the wake and memorial service at the funeral home, it was held at the church. And not only, in other words, the funeral mass, but the whole reception and everything. And they needed to use the facilities that we were scheduled to use. It was going to be taking place on the first day of the conference. So I went scrambling for, okay, how do we reorganize what we're doing? How do we find space to put our people in and not interfere with the wake? As I was trying to figure all that out, as stressful as it was, another stress got added in. A member of our core team, a very important member of the core team, who was very involved and very hands-on He had a lot of important things to do, and he suddenly felt overwhelmed by it all. And he said, I I can't do this. I really think we got to not have this conference. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? Well, you know what scripture says about where that comes from, right? And as I talked to him, I realized that we couldn't do it without him because his role, there was just too much. And there was nobody to fill in for what he was doing. And it was becoming an argument between us. I thought this is exactly what the devil wants. This is not what God wants. But I can't convince this person. So what do I do? I stopped everything, went to church, went over to the tabernacle where Jesus in the Eucharist, Jesus in the host was residing inside that tabernacle. And I knelt in front of it. And I said, Lord Jesus, I know you want this conference to take place, but I can't do it without this person being fully on board with it. This person really needs to understand that you're here and you're with us and that everything's going to turn out okay. Whatever's going on, whatever demonic attack is happening, whatever, Lord, you've got to take care of it because 
I can't argue this person into coming around to seeing things God's way. As a matter of fact, it was endangering our our friendship. And I said, Lord, this isn't right. What am I going to do? I wasn't getting any answers, but I said very bravely, I give up. This is where surrendering our agenda is a very powerful fortification against the devil. I pretended to hold in my hands this conference. I pretended that the whole week, all the people that were involved in putting it on, all the people that were registered to come, all of it was in my hands, like a little miniature version of it. I laid it down on the floor in front of the tabernacle and I smashed it. And I said, Lord, this conference is canceled. As of right now, this conference is canceled unless you, Lord Jesus, resurrect it. I'm going to go home and I'm going to contact this person who needs to get on board with it or we're headed for disaster. So Lord, it's canceled unless you resurrect it. I walked out of the church fully of the mind that I was not going to say another word to try to make this conference happen. It was now entirely surrendered over to the Lord. When I contacted this person to tell him so, he was in a totally different frame of mind. And he said, no, we need to have this conference. God wants us to have this conference. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Yay. Because what had happened was I did in smashing it in saying, okay, it's canceled. I wasn't cooperating with the devil. I was surrendering my agenda and everything that made sense to me about putting on this conference, you know, everything that spiritually made sense, everything that evidence-wise, as far as registrations and everything else goes, everything that made sense, everything that was logical, I surrendered it all to the Lord. And that's what the devil didn't want to happen. Because when we totally surrender our agenda to the Lord, that lets God move in completely and with power. That's what made the demons flee. It wasn't actually my surrendering it to the Lord that made the demons flee. It was giving God room to totally move in. And that's what made the demons flee. That's what makes miracles happen. So we've got Lent coming up very soon. What are you going to give up for Lent? I propose that if you want to have the most powerful Lent ever, if you want to see God at work in your life more powerfully than ever, surrender your agendas to the Lord. Sacrifice your agendas for Lent. Make a list today of all the things that are on your agenda. The things that seem important, the things that you absolutely know you're sure are important. The things that would be nice, but they're not that important. The things that you hope for. The plans that you would like to make for vacation. The shopping spree you want to do. The people you want to call on the phone or the people you want to hear from. Anything that is an agenda of your own making in your own mind sacrifice these during Lent. Maybe take a different agenda every day or just write them all down on the list now and sacrifice the whole thing to the Lord on Ash Wednesday as a spiritual exercise for Lent. 
sacrificing agendas instead of sacrificing your favorite food, which is a very common thing to do for Lent, can be, and I guarantee will be, much more powerful for you. This is how we fortify our lives against what the devil wants to do. We are on a battlefield. If you don't know that you're on a battlefield, and I say this because there are many Christians who don't realize they are on a battlefield, but every trouble that you have, every hardship, every ache and pain is part of the battle that we live in from being on this earth. We are on a battlefield. Everything that goes wrong, that's not of the Lord. God doesn't make things go wrong. Demons make things go wrong. And we cooperate with the demons by the choices we make, the sins that we do, the decisions we make without first consulting God, or decisions that go against the teachings of the church and the teachings that are in scripture. We get ourselves in a lot of these troubles. You know, we are our own worst enemies. And this is making ourselves stand on the battlefield without an armor. Very vulnerable. So that our problems get worse than they need to be. We have so much every day going on that is part of a battle that if we only could see it with eyes wide open, our spiritual eyes seeing what's going on around us, we'd act very differently. We'd pray very differently. And I don't want to scare you because you have victory in Christ. Put on the armor of Christ. There is nothing to fear. But if we don't realize that we are on a battlefield, if we don't realize that demons do want to separate us from God, do want to undermine our faith, if we don't fortify ourselves against this, then we make ourselves victims of the battle. God has given us everything we need to be victors in the battlefield. How do you fortify your faith life so that you are always a victor? Scripture reading, a good prayer life, the sacraments, a good faith-filled, spirit-filled prayer group, great conversations about the Lord with friends, Going to things that your parish offers that builds up your knowledge of the faith, your knowledge of scripture, your knowledge of church teachings. Listening to Christian music and letting that be what you sing along with as you're driving along in your car. What else can you do to fortify your faith? One more thing that I want to suggest, get involved in your parish. Get involved in a ministry. It could be Good News Ministries. Get involved somewhere where you can serve the Lord and get involved in his mission. Because the best way to fortify your life is to be fully immersed in the kingdom of God, fully immersed in the ways of Christ. And that includes being involved in his mission. When we get ourselves involved in helping some kind of ministry in the parish, somewhere, maybe in the community, but you're doing something that serves the kingdom of God. Not only do demons take notice and say, this person belongs more to the kingdom of God now, they're more out of my reach, but also your faith grows because you are fortifying your life with the ways of Christ. 
Being involved in the mission is another way to put on the armor of God. It's an additional way that if we don't also have that in our lives, we have a big gaping hole in our armor. Pray with me now, asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you and help you to come so alive in the Spirit, in our personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, that everything else flows from that. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, unite me to the sacred heart of Jesus. Unite me to the divine will of the Father. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Come Holy Spirit, I want to have the full armor of God on. Teach me what I need to learn. Bring into my life the people who will help me grow stronger in knowledge and faith of the ways of God. Come Holy Spirit, fill me to overflowing. Change my life, change my heart. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change my agendas. I surrender my agendas to you. Come Holy Spirit, change me. Amen. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.